I think as a generation, like as a whole, we just want to get shit done, like straight up. We just realize we don't have a lot of time left. So we got to just go for it, figure out what is the solution, do what we can. Welcome to Teach Me Something New. I'm your host, Britt Morin, and this is a production of iHeartRadio and Brit Co. All my life, everyone's told me I should focus on being good at one thing. But the truth is, I'm curious about a lot of things. But how do you learn about everything? The answer? Make the world's best experts teach you in less than an hour. So come along with me as we all learn something new. Today, we are so excited to be sitting down with the star of the hit Netflix series, Never Have I Ever, actress Maitreyi Ramakrishnan. The show captures all the highs and lows of being a high schooler these days, so we thought it would be fun to have Maitreyi come on to teach us all something new about Generation Z. That's right. This millennial right here wants to know what the younger generation is up to. From translating the latest Gen Z slang to giving us a TikTok tutorial, this episode is going to be slaps. Uh-oh, did I use that right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is making me feel so old already, Ange. Ah! <laughs> what does slaps even mean? We're going to find Who out, I guess. Knows? I have no I idea. Even, I, I assume I, it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, like you're slapping your face. Like, ah! It's so awesome. Oh, oh okay. Like All right. Kevin <laughs> from Home Alone. Is that yeah, dating but ourselves too? But Gen Z wouldn't even know that reference. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Please tell me Gen Z has watched Home Alone. This is a classic. Okay. So okay. I first discovered my Trey E probably like the rest of the world when binge watching Never Have I Ever during quarantine. Oh, um, yes. I At first I was like, oh, a teen sitcom. This is like way too young for me. And then I watched one episode and I was hooked. I mean, you can probably associate more, Ange, because I also loved that, like, this is a show all about being of South Asian descent and representation, and I just loved everything that it stood for while still being so fun to watch. Yeah, I had a similar experience. I remember it was one night of quarantine. My husband decided to take the girls camping in the front yard. So I was, like, in the house by myself. What could I possibly do? binge on Netflix and stay up way too late watching one show. So I binged on Never Have I Ever and I totally related to it because I'm Indian and I really haven't seen many characters that I related to. And I think one piece of it that that really stood, stood out to me is that a lot of the things that the character's going through are just teen things, right? And then there's this layer of her heritage and feelings that I felt for my whole upbringing, which is I'm not Indian enough, but I'm not not Indian, and all of those things sort of in between and and really connecting with my heritage, but also connecting with a lot of other things. And I actually kept thinking about my daughters. Now that I'm so old, I can't connect to high schoolers. <laughs> we are so thrilled to introduce our youngest guest so far on this podcast, and wow, she's already achieved so much at the age of 18. Actress Maitreyi Ramakrishnan is here to teach us all something new about Gen Z. Welcome, Maitreyi. Hi. We're so pumped to have you here. We don't even know where to start. Let me just say that it's totally fine if you call us old or, um, you know, (laughs) we're we're 34 and 36. So technically, um, I'm still in the 18 to 34 demo. Like we're in the same advertising age group. Oh, my gosh. 
I'm I'm basically a senior citizen here. You know, it's fine. <laughs> we can get down with our 18 year old selves. Yeah. Um, oh my so gosh, Britt, we can get down. You sound so. You're making yourself sound older than Ew. usual. It's okay. Let her have oh, it. Just let her have ter- it. It's all good. <laughs> Will you please call us out during this episode when we say things like that? I just want to know, like the words I use that sound old. Why don't you say like pull up instead? I don't even know how to use that in a sentence. <laughs> I put pull ups on my children. Same, same. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) But how would you have redone that sentence? Well, pull up means like you're going to a place. But if you want to, I guess, not be so literal with it, you could have said like, you know, let's pull up to this conversation and be 18. Like, go with that. Yeah. And let's pull up to this conversation and pretend we're 18. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay, Okay, You know what? Yes. Good start. Good start. (laughs) So we have to start off by talking about how a tweet totally changed your life. You got the lead role on Never Have I Ever by applying to an open casting call Mindy Kaling posted on Twitter? Yeah. (laughs) How did that happen? So actually, my best friend was the one who sent it to me. I was in high school in my senior year. My best friend's a year younger, so she was in grade 11. But she sent it to me because, you know, we just wanted something fun to do. You know, we just wanted a have something that we could do together outside of school. So we didn't really think much of it. We thought it was like fun to just, you know, do something crazy at, you know, at the time we thought it was crazy. But then, yeah, everything sort of fell into place. And here we are. Were you an actress before this? Yeah, I would say I I don't like to discredit my high school's theater program, but everything I did was within school and within just after school theater. So, yeah. Okay, so you... Literally, we're in high school theater. Your friend sent you a tweet from Mindy Kaling that you applied to from a video. Yeah. And then what happened next? Well, we filmed it in my library because the only blank wall that we had accessible to us. I have very few blank walls in my house and a lot of people in my house. So we went to the library and filmed it. We sent it. And then I remember them emailing back saying like, hey, could you like send us more videos? So I did. And, you know. We made more tapes, sent it back. And then a week later after that, they said, hey, could you maybe actually come down to L.A. to do a screen test? And I'm here like, what does that even mean? I, do I have the money to go to L.A.? I'm looking at my best friend like, bro, how much do you have in the bank? Because like I've got this much. Maybe if we merge together, how much is the hotel? They didn't pay this uh, this for you? This is <laughs> oh, crazy. No, they did. OK. Oh, OK. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't understand how it worked. But. That was the time when I had to tell my parents everything I did. And I had to. They, explain- they had no idea you applied. No, not at all. <laughs> I had explained to my mother how I sent some random person in LA videos of myself and they want me to take a plane to go to LA. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. So I know you beat out 15,000 other actors to land this lead role. And it's the first time a lead role has been created like this for young South Asian women. What does it mean to you to be taking this role on? Honestly, it means a lot to me because I think, like, of course, the opportunity to be a lead character on a show, like, it's still a little surreal for me because it's such a big deal. But I didn't realize how badly I wanted to see more South Asian characters on TV until I did Never Have I Ever. Like, I really just accepted the fact that you know, South Asians just aren't going to be on screen as much as, you know, a white person. And that's just that. But now it's like, no, like th- this cannot 
this doesn't sit well with me anymore. I can't just accept this fact. I got to keep pushing it, you know? I'd love to hear a little bit more about how your background and your upbringing played into the character, you know, and how you related your own life to the character's journey. Yeah, well, Davy is, of course, you know, Indian American, right? Versus myself being Tamil Canadian. And there are, of course, those cultural differences between the two you know, people, I was going to call myself a character. Yikes. I'm not a character. I'm a real girl. But just that experience of having your parents be born elsewhere while you're born and raised in another country and feeling like you're other, but you're not quite. And just honestly figuring out your place in the world, figuring out what that identity means to you. And I don't think that's a something that you go, a life experience that you go through just when you're a teenager in high school. It's actually a never ending conversation you have throughout your life. Yeah. It's true. I can tell you, I'm still going through it. <laughs> Confirmed. It doesn't, it doesn't ever stop. <laughs> I love it. I also love how your relationship with Mindy Kaling has grown, especially on social media. You call her mom mm-hmm. and she's called you her honorary daughter. So I want to know how is Mindy as a boss and what has she taught you? I don't know if you guys are fans of The Office, but I Huge. always, yes. See, of course. See, Obviously. I always tell Mindy and I quote, And they say, friend first, boss second. Because, you know, she's such a homie. I love her to death. I sometimes, like, in quarantine, I'll just make my own memes and send them to her, you know, just to get an audience, you know, scope out my meme abilities. I think she (laughs) enjoys them. But, for like, an all-in-all, for real, she's such a role model to me and really supportive. I truly feel like I can always ask her for help and guidance. That was the case on set. I never once felt like I couldn't ask her a question. And just because I was, you know, the new guy to all of this, I never felt like I couldn't be there, like I didn't belong. Because she really helped, both her and Lang Fisher, really helped create that atmosphere where I could learn and also feel confident to learn. Is there one specific piece of advice she's given you? Well, it might be a little cheesy, but her advice uh, that her and Lang gave me at the end of filming was to just stay true to myself throughout my career, no matter what I do, whatever decisions I make, whether it's, you know, for a deal or anything, just stay true to myself because I made it this far being myself. So don't try to put on a persona of what I think people want to see. So I'm obviously here to talk to you about Gen Z, but I'm still obsessed with the fact that you went from like high school theater to like major Netflix show. Can you describe what your life on set was like the first few days? And did you end the season feeling like you were a total pro and you're so comfortable now? From the beginning to the end, I definitely like saw growth and I was really proud of myself. It's hard to make me feel proud about myself. I'm really critical of myself to just, you know, be better and better. But for once, I felt actually proud. And I was like, damn, you did a thing. Good job. (laughs) But yeah, set was great. I was a little nervous before, you know, thinking, what if I don't like this? Like, this could just be terrible. And I could hate acting, which would be fine. You know, I could just step back from it, I guess, or whatever. But I really liked it. I feel like Gen Z is all about authenticity and seeking out authenticity. And, and as of today, you're now our official honorary Gen Z expert. So <laughs> when, when just to take a step back, when we talk about Gen Z, we're technically defining 
anyone born between 1997 and 2012. So that would mean anyone who's 8 to 23 right now. How would you describe your generation right now? Could you describe Gen Z in three words? Three words. Okay, so the thing is, it's like, because you said it yourself, it's like 8 to 23-year-olds, and it's funny because my brain automatically thought that the age of eight is closer to me than 23. So that's oh. some bad math. I don't know you're why. So you're brain. still aging yourself down. Okay. I okay. think I'm just a child. Maybe I just know mentally I'm actually 12. But, <laughs> you know, it's such a wide range. It's hard to s- describe a whole generation in three words. But I would have to say definitely take no prisoners. Ooh, a three-word sentence. I like it as a slogan. Take (laughs) no prisoners. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Well, I think what's so amazing, particularly this year, but it goes beyond this, is how Gen Z has responded to things like climate change and the Black Lives Matter movement and everything going on. And I feel like this is truly a generation of activists. It doesn't feel unique to be an activist, which I think is actually awesome. Mm -hmm. Do you sense that? Do you find that amongst your friends and contemporaries? Yeah, 100%. Not to say every Gen Z out there is an activist and that they do care about, you know, climate change, Black Lives Matter and whatnot. But within my friend group, I'd like to say that all of them are proud activists, you know, fighting for social justice and equality. But yeah, we, I think as a generation, like as a whole, we just want to get shit done. Like straight up, we just want to get shit done because we don't want to take the time to point the finger and say like, oh, it's your fault, your fault. We just realize we don't have a lot of time left, especially when it comes to like climate change. We don't have a lot of time left. So we got to just go for it, figure out what is the solution, get, you know, awareness out there in the world, do what we can, even though majority of us can't vote yet, we still can do what we can. And I think what's so powerful about that is that the Gen Z voices all rise up more quickly than any other generation, largely because of social media and the connectivity between everyone. You know, like I've seen the different pranks that have been pulled, not just on political parties, but uh, you know, big issues like like apps they want to be banned. Um, on TikTok, there will be like app banning campaigns that go viral, and literally some apps will get like five hundred thousand one star reviews because like they're trying to get this app kicked out of the app store. And I think it's fascinating how you guys are using social media. So I want to talk about that for a second. Um, I know that you have a huge following on TikTok, over a million followers. I'm still figuring out the app and like, <laughs> I just, Charlie D'Amelia, D'Amelia, what's her name? Charlie, Charlie D'Amelia. Charlie D'Amelio. I, I was introduced to last week. This woman, this girl has 89 <laughs> million TikTok followers and every day she's doing just a little boomerang. Just a yep. little like dance and I don't understand it. So can you give us a quick TikTok tutorial? Like, what do you use it for? Do you do the challenges? Like, how should we even think about it as being older people? Should we even play in that world or not? <laughs> you know what? I I think on behalf of all Gen Z, we're not about gatekeeping. So first and foremost, you can join. TikTok is an interesting app that has been threatened to be banned Many, 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 many times. Um, But yeah, a lot of Gen Z like to use it. And personally for me, I don't do a lot of the challenges because there's challenges, but then there's trends and then there's like dances. So like the distinctions matter. Like a challenge would be something like, remember when people did like the cinnamon challenge? Like that's a challenge. 
I know the ice bucket challenge. Yeah. See, like that's a challenge. What's but a the trend, cinnamon challenge? The cinnamon challenge. I think that's like when you eat like a lot of just a lot of cinnamon and you what? just like, I don't know. You just I take don't a video know. I don't do it? challenges. I don't want to, I don't want to mess up my like body. Like remember that Tide Pod challenge? Smart like, decision, Maitreyi. Smart like, decision. Let's forget about the Tide Pod challenge. But that was a challenge. That was crazy. Okay. Yes. I didn't yes. know that one. Yep. So those are challenges. Let's let's maybe stay clear of those and let's head on to the trends. The trends, TikTok, uh, the biggest thing in order to get like viral, you gotta use trending sounds, right? Trending audio bites. Cause like, you know, the whole point is that you lip sync it, right? So you find the trending audios and that's how you become viral. Or you do the dances and you find like the songs. You look at Charlie D'Amelio and because, you know, she's coming out with like five dances a day. You what? check out her dance and you copy it. and you're Wait, on your- so literally if I wanted to get followers on TikTok, I would go to Charlie D'Amelio's page and copy her dance moves every day for like a year. Yeah. And I would have followers. Yeah. I, I, I would be your first follower. What about what? combining the <laughs> dance with the trending audio? Is that... A what about idea? eating cinnamon while dancing? <laughs> no, I think we're going to st- take a step back. Like we were, we were onto something, but now we're going to take a step too back. far. We're going too far. Less is more. Less is more here, guys. Less is more. Is Snap not in your social media portfolio these days? I don't really <laughs> use it as much. I think I snap like my super close friends. I don't like properly engage on Snapchat. Like that's that's a lot of effort. But I know some people do. So I think Snap is more still- effort than dancing on TikTok. See, but I don't do the dances. <laughs> oh, you don't do the dances. I make okay. personally, I use TikTok to just make funny jokes. Like that's just that's my social media for funny jokes. That's it. Okay. And yeah. so just to make sure I'm I'm hearing this correctly. Snap, a lot of work. TikTok, funny jokes, dances, maybe a maybe a challenge here or there. Instagram private public i don't know it's like i would say okay tiktok that's all about just like the dances the funny videos the trends blah 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 instagram that's like that's like the photo album that you greet your you know family with like you're like oh guys let's look at this photo album of our family and the past memories like that's what instagram (laughs) is but then you take it back to snapchat snapchat is with like your close friends that's where you send like the ugly selfies you use the dumb filters and you're like sup How's it going? Just your, uh, your close homies, you know? Okay. And no Twitter, no Facebook, really. Uh no, Twitter, Twitter is cool. Twitter is okay. like Twitter's where you be angsty and you just yeah, that's just angst. Twitter is just uh, angst. Last Ooh. question. Is Pinterest relevant for you? Because we have a huge following on Pinterest. Have you seen us? <laughs> that's cool. That's really yeah, cool, no. guys. No, yeah. okay. Okay. We'll come back to that later. In a couple of years, when you start like thinking about you know, buying your first home and like maybe having babies, Fire. getting married. When I say a couple of years, I mean 10. Um, <laughs> you'll find us on Pinterest in about 10 oh years. Fire. <laughs> and I'll, I'll just know that, you know, this, I needed this. I was, I was told I needed this and it came. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. 
Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What about dating? Yeah. Right? Are teens still meeting in real life? I, I mean, okay, we'll first talk about it not in pandemic life. Oh, this is not strange. in pandemic so life. So not in pandemic life. Are teens still meeting in real life or is it primarily dating apps? I think like like it's a mix, you know, because like half of our generation right now is in school. Like, like I mean like high school middle Mm -hmm. school right not even talking about post-secondary so when you're in like high school especially you're in like a petri dish of seeing the same people all the time and most of them can't drive so (laughs) I don't know how far you can get with the dating app you know when you're that young but like my friends who are in post-secondary some of them use dating apps some of them don't they just meet people you know through university on campus, whatever. But I actually have a lot of friends that truly just don't care. Like, it is, I feel like for the most part of Gen Z, being in a relationship really isn't a priority, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, personally for me, like, it's really not. (laughs) Like, I'm happy to, you know, chill and be by myself. I think I was saying it to a friend of mine just the other day. Like, we were driving, you know, chilling, and I turn, and I'm like, hey, I think if I was alone for the rest of my life, I would be okay with that. And I like that about myself. And they were like, yes, pop off. Like, go. I, I'm like, yeah. I like pop that off. too. Pop yeah, off, pop off. Good job. I saw that. I saw that. I'd, pop I'd pull up to that. Oh. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you were, you're doing really well and it's okay. When you were talking about dating, I thought it was interesting about like, I could be alone. That's fine. Is So A, is that a trend that's common among all of Gen Z? Because on the flip side of that, I've heard that Gen Z is also just more like liberal about dating and you know, polyamory is like mm. uh, on the rise or sexuality is accepted um, in all kinds of ways. How would you define what Gen Z's gender and sexuality foundation is compared to other generations? I think. Gen Z truly understands, especially when it comes to like romance and just, you know, your sexuality, gender. I think Gen Z truly understands the idea that it's none of your business except for the people that it involves. Like, you know, that's the core reasoning why we're okay with all these different identities and, you know, how people want to live their life because why should it why should it bother me? Like, I don't, I don't care who you sleep with. Like that's, that's your biz. Like as long as you're happy, you're not in a toxic relationship. You're not in a toxic situation. And I think maybe, maybe just for like me, I'm 
like personally just okay with never finding someone and that's just me but I think a lot of Gen Z understand that relationships aren't the be-all end-all but are open to all sort of situations right like polyamory you know whether you identify on the LGBTQI spectrum or not it's really up to you you know So another thing I've noticed with Gen Z is they're much more open about their mental health. Your character in the show addresses her own mental health while dealing with her father's death. Have you noticed mental health being an easier topic to bring up with friends? I definitely, yeah, I'd have to agree. I think it's interesting because I'm not saying like Gen Z is perfect and we're all uh, going to therapy, you know. But um, I know that when I am concerned over my friend's mental health and I say like hey have you thought about seeing someone they're not gonna take it as like a oh you think something's wrong with me oh like you think like 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 I'm messed up like they're not gonna get defensive about it I think Gen Z understands being told that comes from a place of care and that they understand the value in it but but big but I would say Gen Z and I think this is for a lot of people actually we're all willing to still look at somebody else and say, hey, I think you need to go talk to someone. I think you need to see someone. But they aren't ready to hear that about themselves. And they're not ready to say that to themselves or get that help for themselves, which sucks. It's, you know, we're still moving forward, but hopefully like the next generation's more, you know, self-aware or just willing to get that self-help. I would say that that is a common trend across all ages, yeah. by the way. Um, I I work in mental health in a, a few different capacities, um, trying to support those moving through it. And it is quite hard to tell somebody they need help. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it never really happens until they assume that for themselves. So I agree with you there. And I also agree with you that um, it's at least less stigmatized yeah. if, you, if you do need help. You said yourself earlier that you still feel like a kid, that your your inner soul age is 12. My soul age has traditionally been 28, although I think I am finally aging. What are you most excited about for the future? I think I'm just excited to just, like, career-wise, I realize I'm a very career-focused person. I really like the grind and just hustling to grow as a person within my career. So I'm excited to just take on more projects. And, you know, I want to take on roles, take on characters that are a regular character, but they happen to be Thummel because I'm Thummel, right? Like I make them South Asian and I want those characters to, like if they were to meet Davy, they would absolutely hate each other because they are nothing alike and they have nothing in common and just tell more stories of more South Asian characters. I think that'd be really dope. Yes, please. <laughs> Let's also get some multiracial characters. I'm yes. just going to put a plug in that. My kids yes. are biracial. <laughs> <laughs> what are you hopeful for as your generation does grow into adulthood? And is there anything scary about this new feeling that you are feeling like an adult? Um, you know, like obviously there's that never-ending fear of responsibility. We We love that. But I am excited for when, you know, majority of Gen Z start to become voting age and you know we can make difference and change but you know like I'm sure you guys have seen the breakfast club but you know when um I think it's the basket case that says it yeah Allison I I love the breakfast club Uh, her character says like when you grow up your heart grows old and you die right I think that's a fear that I don't know Gen Z has it but I think about it all the time like you know we're all this 
big group of activists uh, ready, ready to make change and, you know, change things up in the world. But what happens when we actually do have that power to vote and we are adults? Like, does our hearts also grow up and die? Hopefully not. I like to think positively and that that's not the case. But I am excited for the future when we can take society by the reins and steer it in a good progressive direction. Totally. And I actually just read a stat that I think 72% of Gen Z want to become entrepreneurs, <laughs> which I think is amazing. It's like, cool, go change the world. Although I have to say, I do think a big portion of that percentage of entrepreneur wannabes are influencer wannabes. Mm -hmm. And so how important is the influencer to you these days as compared to actual brands? I think like for me personally, like I don't really care much for influencers. Like I don't know what somebody's going to influence me on, like what, what cream to use. I barely put on cream. Like my mom still has to yell <laughs> at me to do that. But one thing I really like about Gen Z, like I take pride in being Gen Z, um, is the fact that we do make a lot of decisions on our own. We don't need to necessarily be influenced. I might be speaking more to like the teens near my area, like of Gen Z, maybe less the younger folks. But yeah, we are, we make our own decisions and we have that critical thinking to recognize what is a good decision? What is a bad decision? What is mob mentality? Am I a sheep here? So yeah. And I can tell you that you, at least if I'm old, my heart has not died. My heart has only become more full as I've gotten older. I think Sick. there's a point in your 20s where you do get a little bit jaded. If I'm being, if I'm just talking about my own experience, right? Mm -hmm. And you're just like, you know, you kind of become, at least for me, I became a little bit less political. But then it kind of dials back up. Um, and mm -hmm. I think that you're always going to go through those ebbs and flows throughout your life. And, sure. and then you add children to the mix, which I know, <laughs> you know, having kids isn't for everyone, but dang, then your heart really explodes and you are very focused on making sure the future stays bright. So that's my little, my little pep talk for your future self. So now I want to shift to video games, which I know you love. Yes. And I know this has been a trend that your generation, way more girls are into video games compared to years past. Um, and goes along with girls being more interested in tech and STEM. And of course, you're a major gamer. What got you started? I know my younger self would be laughing right now. But when I was younger, uh, my mom was very strict about who she'd let me hang out with after school. If she did not know the parents, I was not going. If she did not trust the parents, I was not going. If she got even the slightest weird feeling, no, just, just no, right? It was easier to just say no. At the time, I thought she was ruining my life. Looking back, it makes sense what she did. makes sense. But because of that, I stayed at home a lot and I would play video games, right? I had my GameCube. I always used to joke, my GameCube is my best friend. And my brother and I would play a lot of games together. Not really together. More like he would play and I would watch because he would hog it. But, you know, coming from my big Tamil family, when cousins came over, we all would hop onto the GameCube and play Super Smash Bros. together, Mario Kart together. So that's where I really got that love for it. And then I guess it just never really went away. Dude, I'm so into Mario Kart right now. Yes. I just got a Nintendo Switch. So I'm Yes! Good yes, job, Britt. <laughs> yes. And guess what else? Wait, I just heard about Animal Crossing. Brit? And I'm going to start playing that too. I am so excited for you. <laughs> here, here, here. Animal Crossing slaps. You could say Mario Kart slaps. 
Okay, it's like fire. Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's like, like fire. Like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Mario Kart, fire. Animal Crossing, slaps. Yeah, there you go. Boom. Yeah, okay. Okay. So speaking of which, let's let's just go for it. Let's dive into the slang, okay? I really think that every generation has their own slang, especially during high school. And I remember seeing um, some pop up during the show that I definitely didn't know. And obviously, I don't know some that you're even talking <laughs> about now. So instead of us quizzing you, we thought you could quiz us to see if we know what some of the popular Gen Z lingo means. Are you ready? Oh yes. I have my list. All right. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll give you like an easy one. Like, I, I okay. think this. I try to make it nice enough. Okay. What does bet mean? And can you use it in a sentence? Oh my gosh. I'd bet a pretty penny that yeah. this is going to be a great podcast episode. We know the real definition of bet. I have no idea what the slang is. Like, not at all. You can't use it in a sentence? Like, as and a go. slang term? I mean, I I could just make up a sentence and just throw it in there. Like, something is bet? Is it an adjective? All right. Answer time. Okay. Bet is like, you know, Britt, you were like, hey, uh, are you down to do this podcast? And I would say. Yeah, bet. For sure. It's like an affirmative, like oh. down. Yes. Like, oh, kind of like you bet. Yeah, like, like, yeah, sort of like you bet, take away the you. Oh, it's like, okay. Yeah, bet. It's like, for sure, for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah for sure. Okay. Bet. Right? Makes sense? Okay. Yeah, I like yeah. this. Okay, okay. okay. Are you ready for easy the next ones. one? Yeah, another easy one, please. Yeah, what? <laughs> okay, this one is pretty popular, so I think you can do it. Okay. And also, bonus points if you can use it in a sentence. Cap. Or no cap. <laughs> Not don't put the or in there. It's those are two ways of saying it. But what does that mean? Can you put it in a sentence? Here's the deal. I work in venture capital, and oh, no. <laughs> when you raise a new round of funding, you Get can say here. it's capped or doesn't have a cap. That, I'm gonna stop you right there <laughs> no, on that one. That's as it. far as I go. And there. I mean, I know like bust a cap, but that is really old school. Yeah, that's um, not it. Either. Okay, come on, you can do this. Cap. I mean, is it another affirmative? Like, oh, is it oh, awesome? Oh, oh. I think and it's then if it's no filtered cap? or unfiltered. Like, Ooh. like, are you being filtered or unfiltered right now? Is okay. it cap on or off? Sort of, Brit. Sort of. Okay. Cap means, like, if I say, like, bro, you're capping, that's cap. That means you're lying. That's a lie. Whoa. If I say no cap, like, that means no, this is real. Like, honest truth. Oh, so if somebody tells you I smell cap, that means I smell lies. I I smell smell cap. (laughs) Time out. (laughs) Do you have to explain this to the writers of Never Have I Ever or are they like totally in Gen Z lingo mode? Lang and Mindy always let me like bring in slang if I wanted. And like if I ever, she always said like Lang always said, if it sounds weird, stop us. Like, let us know if this isn't being used right. Um, Davy's catchphrase, what's poppin'? That's not slang, but I just always would say that on set to my fellow cast members. And slowly that started getting written into the script, which I thought was pretty cool. Okay. We can return. Slang okay. Wise, go. All right. Third one. Tweaking. Oh, I know this one. It's okay. like, oh, I was so tweaking out the other day. Like I was what having does it a mean? hard day. Like, I was having a hard day. I was really anxious and, like, what was going on? The way you said it, like, that that does work. 
Angelica, any, any ideas? Any ideas? I mean, I was sort of thinking like I'm freaking out about something or something. Yeah, really that's like, the way Ooh. it's more used. That's the way it's more used. Freaking out. But you can still do like anxious. It's just like you're glitching out like, bro, like I'm tweaking right now. Yeah, I think we give a point for that one. Yes. One of yes, three. You. One we of each three. get a point. Okay. So we'll get, we'll call it okay. two. <laughs> yeah, you guys can be a team. You guys that can means be a team. Two of six, Ange, but okay. I know. I know. <laughs> okay. I'm sure you've heard this. Yeet. What does yeet mean? Yeet. Or I'll give you a hint. To yeet. What does it mean? Can you Are you saying that Y E E T? Yes. Yeet. But you don't say yeet. You say, say yeet. Yeet. I yeah. think this is about Kanye. It's like, well, I was with Ye and we were doing some yeet. <laughs> I see where you're going with <laughs> okay. it. I see. Okay, yeet. This vibes. I see what you're doing. Maybe it's Angelina. like, is it a friend? Is it like your That's homie? Very far off. Oh, no. enemy. Not, it's not awesome. A person. Not a person. Not a, not person. a person. How about no. something yeet. that sucks? Yeet means to throw to just get rid of to just put it out of orbit like bro yeet me my phone toss me my phone oh oh like really just like yeah. toss it just, just means another to get throw. out basically yeah yeah it's like it could literally mean like i'm gonna yeet this over to you you throw the phone or you could say i'm a yeet out of here means you're just gonna get out of here okay your mom like walks into the room and you don't want her in there so you're like mom can you just get the yeet out of here Oh, no. Ooh. No. Oh, oh okay. First of all, don't say that to your mom. That's just mean. Like, <laughs> bro, that's your mom, bro. Good. But, no, you, you you just say, like, yeah, I, don't, I don't think you tell somebody else to yeet. It's more, it's oh. more of a self thing. Internal. You, yeah, You're you yeet. can say yeet to yourself. Okay. You're not okay. telling someone yeah. yeet ever. Yeah, yeet is like a verb. It's a slang verb. Okay, so it's like, get out of here or throw me a thing. Yeah, like there are like, many meanings. <laughs> it has a lot of slang has many meanings. It depends on context and tone. Yeah, you know, right. I'm into it. I'm into it. Okay, we're going <laughs> right. for last one, and this is also a slight tutorial on TikTok because this sort of oh. became popular because of TikTok. So two for one. Here you go. Oh, okay. Can either of you tell me what fairy comments are? A fairy okay. comment. So I definitely yeah. don't know, but let's <laughs> brainstorm. <laughs> Unless you know, Britt. Okay. Do you know? No, I love this brainstorm idea. <laughs> so here's a couple things that come to mind. One, it's just like nice comments to start to like fill the comment pool. Yeah, or like little you know. with like sparkles and rainbows is sort of what I'm picturing. Yeah, just anything that's nice that, yeah, it's not like real. It's kind of scripted because you want some comments on your stuff so that other people engage. Okay, or the flip side could be it's an action. So it's like a, it's, she said TikTok. So it's like a video comment where you're like fairy winging to oh, the person. I'm, yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm with you on the first com- concept. Okay. okay. I like the second. <laughs> Thanks. We should invent the second and let's submit the first. Okay. So we're submitting our first comment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Angelica's definitely right about the glitter, the fairy emojis that will traditionally be on the front and the end of the comment. Right. That's just oh. the aesthetic of it. So that, that that's a must. If you don't have that, you've messed up. <gasps> but it's actually the opposite of what you said, Britt. It's actually a mean oh. comment. So, yeah, oh. what you do, you, you don't you don't want fairy comments on your post. Oh. If you have fairy comments on your post, try oh, again. Shit. 
restart. I'm look at all my posts Ooh. now. See what I, people. <laughs> what it basically? Oh no, you'll know. You'll know a fairy comment when you see it because oh. it'll say something like this. For example, "Hey sis, you dropped this," and then it'll be a crown emoji, and then it'll say, "Never pick it up again." <gasps> oh. And then you put the fairy comment, the, f- the fairy emojis on either side. Oh Think of like the fairy emojis as like the Uno reverse. Like, psych you thought. Like, this is not where you thought this was going. Oh. Ooh. I don't like yes. called. I don't like fairy comments. Yeah. Fairy comments are really, really, really scary. Also, okay, I don't know Uno reverse, but I do know psych. <laughs> oh. I think we need to eat the fairy is. comments out of Gen Z's language because mm. that's not very nice. That's not, yeah. That was not that bad. <laughs> Thanks. I understood what you were saying. <laughs> the fairy so, comments are not slaps. <laughs> Yeah, not fairy fire. comments not do fire. not slap. No, they're 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 honestly they're pretty creative though. Like how some people come up with them, mm, like they're pretty creative, okay. but they're mean. But it's like, damn, like you really you thought about that insult. You like went deep you, you really, into you the put insult, the time and effort. Yeah, yeah. So in a way, that's going to care. You just get a note passed to you in the hallway. Ooh, yeah. And we all had gel pens, and so oh. we would like all use. So it's also pens. artistic. Yeah, that's, that's so it was like great. our fairy. We didn't have emojis, so like our there fairy lot, comments. There were, were a lot like of bubble letters. Hand-drawn. Yeah, I actually still yeah. have multiple shoeboxes of notes passed back and forth. And same. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I have all my high school boyfriend and my notes from each other in oh a high gosh. school boyfriend box. I hope he doesn't listen to this or my husband. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, let's on. move on. Thank you so much for chatting with us. I feel like a new woman. Um, I feel like 10% cooler, uh, which is, I think, a lot on the scale of things. Yeah. I think you are already cool to start with. You don't need the slang Aww. to be cooler. You're, you're good. Okay. Well, more just importantly. Avoid comments. I, Okay, I will. And more importantly, I think we just feel like very informed now about the next generation. Mm-hmm. So we are so excited to have you on the show. And, and can you tell us before you leave what other exciting projects you're working on? And also, when does filming of season two begin? Yeah, uh, let's see. Exciting projects that I'm working on. My driver's license. That's a cool <laughs> one. Yeah. Woo. It's a big life stage. Congratulations exactly. on that. Thank you. But yeah, in terms of filming, um, I guess I can actually talk about it. So you guys will be the first to hear it from me because I didn't realize I could say it. But we're looking for a November start. We're going to start in November. And that's when the magic's going to happen. Amazing. And that means the release date in the spring-ish? Probably. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. I feel like with editing and like all the back end, there's just so much. I wouldn't be able to say that. But definitely, obviously, 2021. Okay. Oh, that's so long from now. Okay. Well, hopefully I'll hit you up on TikTok or like mm-hmm. Nintendo Switch or something beforehand so we don't lose our cool. vibe together. Of course. I like it. Of course. I'll, I'll guest star. <laughs> I'm still – I'm not quite there. <laughs> no, no, no. You can't. Angelica, you could play like one of like Davy's cousins or like – you could just you could be like a teacher in the school i could i could be a great teacher this has been awesome if you're listening to this please uh drop us some fairy comment i mean don't drop us fairy comments drop us some fire in the comments of the (laughs) podcast review and my cherry thank you so much for being here and good luck with everything in your future thank you also, be sure everybody to check out their Pinterest board. I'm sure it's great. Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah, I got oh, you. I'll plug you guys too. I got you. 
Thanks for listening to Teach Me Something New, a production of iHeartRadio and Brit Co. I'm your host, Britt Morin. Find more information about each episode at Brit.co slash listen. You can also find me on social media. I'm at Brit or follow us at Brit and Co. Special shout out to my co-host, Ange, who you can find on Instagram at Angelica Temple. Teach Me Something New is executive produced by Christine Swore and Ali Perry with additional production and sound design by Aaron Kaufman. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. See you next time.